What song do you want to hear, Dan? Beer! You are now listening to America's favorite craft beer podcast, a show that covers tricks, tips, and trends inside the craft beer industry. I am your host, craft beer enthusiast, Tom Simpson. Next to me, my co-host, a man with more untapped check-ins than you have steps on your Fitbit, the adjunct professor himself, Mr. Dan Howway. Tune in, sit down, and drink up. And most importantly, thank you for joining us on another episode of America the Brew. I'll do it all again. I guess I'll have to wait until then. And if I get drunk, well, I'll pass out on the floor now, baby. You won't bother me no more. And if you're drinking, well, you know that you're my friend and I say, Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of America, The Brutiful. Tom has a week off, but he'll no doubt have fun editing this episode. I want to welcome in uh, one of my best friends and drinking buddies, Dave Panzerino. If you're a big Instagrammer, you might know him from his page, Pan's Poor Page. That's his Instagram handle. Appreciate it, Dan. It's been a long time coming, but I appreciate uh, you guys having me on. Uh, Especially appreciative to have me here at this place because uh, this is a special one for me. And we are at Paragon Tap and Table in Clark, New Jersey. For those of you who have not been, it's right off the Garden State Parkway at exit 135. Uh, just really miles away from where Dave and I and, and Tom actually went to high school. That's right. Uh, and on top of literally living five minutes away from here for about 30 years of my life, <laughs> uh, I actually, my wife and I, well, now my wife, we went on our first date here, uh, had our rehearsal dinner here the night before our wedding, so a little bit of Goosebump vibes being here. Not the same Goosebump vibes that you get drinking some uh, fire barrel-aged stout, <laughs> but... Uh, and some we'll get to some of that in a little bit, too. Uh, so later this episode, we'll be talking to Keith. He's the bar manager here at Paragon uh, about, you guessed it, beer. Uh, a lot of great beers on tap here right now, and I'm always interested on in how great beer bars like this one pick out their beers, and I'm always interested in what the beer novices and the beer nerds and everybody in between is drinking. Well, enough with the uh, introductions. How about we uh, get to the first beer? Sure, sure. So I brought this one. Me and Dave actually uh, share an Angry Chair membership. Uh, This one is a special beer here. It's called Prestigious. It's a blend of barrel-aged Imperial German chocolate cupcake and barrel-aged adjunct trail. And it comes in these cute little bottles, these six-ounce bottles here. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so uh, before we get to that interview, let's talk about two big releases that went down since our last episode. Um, let's start here, Ramstein. Uh, Ramstein released their ice box this year, and I was lucky enough to be in the area this past weekend to pick it up. Uh, this year's ice box is one of their strongest at a whopping 15% alcohol. It was made during the single-digit nights of December 2022, uh, and that beer, speaking of warm places in uh, our hearts, right, that, uh, that beer is kind of like it was... When people used to ask me back in the day, what is your favorite beer? Uh, that was my like default answer. It was Ramstein Winter Wheat Icebox. And, um, you know, it kind of held that title for about a decade for me. Uh, and I'm not sure 
the first time I originally had it, but I looked back at a check-in I did on Beer Advocate almost 20 years ago in February of 2004 when I checked it in on Beer Advocate. So uh, really happy that that one kind of came back. Uh, it comes back kind of every year where it's ridiculously cold for a few days. Well, speaking of coming back, uh, Troon came back out with a bottle collab. Uh, that's always going to grab people's attention, uh, especially... Especially, well, especially when it's a stout, right? Especially when it's in a bottle, and it's both of these, and it's a collab with one of the best dark beer makers in the country. I'd have to agree with that. And they probably definitely have some fire sours too uh, that I probably put up there pretty high. Uh, of course, we're talking about Horace, right? And Horace even started making meads now. Uh, but you know, then, I'm a fan of meads. I, I know you are. Uh, the beer was called Alternate Plumage. It's a, again, a collab with Horace. It's an imperial stout that was conditioned on both toasted and raw coconut. Um, I want to talk about that beer because, uh, first of all, it was an online release. It was a bottle release. You know, everybody, when a Troon, you know, online release happens, everybody just jumps to their phone. They put in the URL. They buy the thing. Sometimes they don't even read about the beer before they do it because frankly you don't have time it might sell out but uh, it's going to be good anyway though so it doesn't matter you really don't have to read up on it (laughs) but let's talk about the beer i actually have a bottle here uh because the label is super cool um and uh, the label was made uh from a picture from uh sean from troon and for those of you who don't know sean from troon he is a wildlife and conservation photographer his Instagram handle is Gourmet Biologist, uh, and if you don't follow it, I, I say this without hyperbole, like it's one of the coolest non-beer Instagram pages that you can follow. Well, can't leave out the fact that 10% of the proceeds from that bottle go toward wild bird research, uh, so can't go wrong with that. Right, and in the name of everybody that purchased that bottle, that's really awesome. I, we, you know, I love when a brewery will do things and you know proceeds go to charity and you know i'm a big like outdoor guy i like birds so we've we've had to pull the car over a few times so you can get out and look at what's flying over (laughs) our head or whatnot so yes (laughs) yeah all right uh before uh we continue uh and we got keith from paragon coming up uh let's talk about the beer dave did you even try it i did not all right And again, the beer we're drinking right now is Angry Chair Prestigious. It's a blend of barrel-age Imperial German Chocolate Cupcake and barrel-age Adjunct Trail, two of the best beers that they make, and it's a blend right. of both of them. Yeah, so you can't go wrong with it. I mean, it, obviously, it's going to taste ridiculously good. Definitely getting the chocolate, probably chocolate overload, which isn't a bad thing. But it's actually not as sweet as I would imagine. It's got that creaminess, but it doesn't have that, like... Super, super diabetical uh, No, not, not like a couple of other does. things that they've put out. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to maybe stuff our faces with some wings. We're going to talk to Keith Paragon, who is gracious enough to host us for today. That's coming up right after this. Don't need reservations. 
And welcome back to Season 3, Episode 2 of America, The Brutiful. As we said at the top of the show, we are recording today from Paragon Tap and Table in Clark, New Jersey. Guest hosting for Tom this week, one of my best friends, Dave Panzerino of Pan's Poor Page on Instagram. And uh, Paragon's been serving up craft beer and delicious food for almost 10 years now, since 2014. I want to bring in Keith. Keith is the bar manager here at Paragon. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So I think, so this was a funny thing that happened here uh, that I didn't know, and I I think Dave didn't know, and Keith, I don't think you knew until everybody kind of got here today, uh, that you and Dave actually grew up, you know. Pretty wild. We were a grade apart in grade school, 7th and 8th grade, or, you know, we were... It's pretty wild, and it's it's growing up. You you don't think like, oh, I wonder what that guy's doing. I wonder what he's drinking, and then you walk in, and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this: before we get into uh, everything Paragon here, how did you get into craft beer? Like, how did uh, how did that journey start for you? So I feel like pretty much like everyone else, you start drinking just you know whatever's around in the cooler or in the back of the beer uh, fridge somewhere. And uh, I think Yingling was like my first love. Yeah, and it kind of trans- that. Then it kind of transitions into like a like a magic hat number nine. Like, oh wow, there's a little bit more going on here. And then, you know, after drinking that, you kind of transition into dark beers. And like most people, I hated IPAs in the beginning. Um, and then you kind of find one that's like, oh, this is different, kind of fun. So, I you know, Dogfish 60 Minute, sure. Lagunitas, Little Something, like all those like easy to find, readily available ones. And then it was, then I started like realizing that, wow, I can get beer at breweries that aren't too far away and they're like super fresh beers and, you know, something completely new and that's just kind of how it happened. Cool. Uh, So you brought out some beers for us to try. Let's start uh, with, we'll start here on the left. Uh, Tell us what uh, me and Dave have in our hands right now. Um, So that one is from Triple Crossing uh, down in Richmond, Virginia. That one's White Pony, uh, double IPA percent. Um, I'm pretty sure that one's all Nelson hops. Um, it's super easy drinking, and it's one of those brews that you don't see too often in New Jersey. So that's got to be pretty new, right? Uh, Triple Cross. I don't think they've been around in New Jersey for very long. I know a lot of new breweries have started in distro in Jersey. Right? Yeah, they're they're relatively new. I started seeing them pop up in New Jersey probably about like six months ago or so. I've had on a couple, but they're not. It's not something that's available like every week. I can get it whenever I want. It's they pop up, and you know if it's cool looking, I'll I'll grab one. Cool. So obviously, we're, you're always going to have New Jersey beers on tap in here. I mean, for as long as I've been coming here, you always have. Yeah. How hard was it to finally start bringing some out-of-state beers in? I mean, a lot of the stuff that I look for is things that I've already had or a brewery that I'm already familiar with, and I know that this is going to work. Like, this is going to be fine here. People are going to love it. Um, so, like, Equilibrium is one of those ones that as soon as I found out I can bring this in, I'm going to bring this in. Um, there's still a few that are on my radar that don't distribute to New Jersey, but, you know, when they do, I'll definitely grab them as well. Now, do you notice, since you've been having out of state beer in here, do people kind of tend toward drinking those other than the New Jersey beers that you got or it's a little bit of both so obviously I want to like always appeal to the people that are in here all the time like you know maybe in New Jersey you don't see equilibrium on or tired hands they're relatively new to the area as well you know things like that I want to bring in for the people that are local but then you also have people that are coming here that are traveling staying in a hotel around the corner it's like hey what do you have from New Jersey I'm from Iowa what can I, <laughs> right. what can I drink 
So I like to have a good amount of that. At the same time, I also want to take care of those people that are owning and, you know, working at those breweries that are close by. You know, if they come in here and, like, you know, are trying to sell me beer, it's it's hard to say no sometimes. You know what I mean? And, you know, people think of New Jersey and it's a very populated, very densely populated state. And area-wise, it's not that huge. You know, you can get from the top of New Jersey to Cape May in three and a half hours or something like mm-hmm. that, right? But no matter where you go, there's like a hyper locality of beer. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And you've brought some uh, breweries here that are super local uh, that I think is like, that's really cool. Uh, the fact that you've had uh, some breweries that are only a few miles away mm-hmm. on tap where some people might think, well, people could just go to the brewery for that if they're this close, you know? Yeah, and, and absolutely. Um, but again, like I said, it's like also helping those people out and forming a relationship with them. So, you know, a prime example of that would be Teuton. They're one sure. of the closest. Teuton's in Kenilworth. They're like seven minutes from here. Um, driving the other way, you have wet ticket. They're like 10 minutes from here. So those like super, super local ones, I always try to have something on from them um, just so that people that are in the area, they can say that you know, they had some of the you know, most local beers that they can get. Let's talk about what you have on tap now uh, besides some of the beers that you brought out here. Give uh, the listener out there kind of an idea of what a Paragon Tapless looks like. I try my best, and it doesn't always work, but I try my best to keep it really balanced. So we have 20 lines. I will always have on a few IPAs, a few double IPAs. I will try my best to keep on a little lager or Pilsner or a couple of them. Um, I'll always try to have on a stout or two. And I try to have something gluten-free just for, you know, that crowd as well, be it a cider or right now I have something on from Departed Souls. So I try my best to have a little bit of something for everyone. You know, the same people that are, you know, on the bar side looking for a double dry hopped IPA or a pastry stout or smoothie sour. I have just as many people in the dining room that just want a Miller Lite. (laughs) And I'd rather, you know, and I do have Miller Lite in bottles, but... I'd rather them like, hey, I don't have Miller Lite. Try this. This is a check pills from Twin Elephant. Why don't you give this a shot and see what you think? When you, anything that you've ever brought in and you're like, oh, I'm really not sure how this is going to sell. Is there anything that surprised you where everybody was like, all right, we're drinking this and you, the keg ends up tapping pretty quickly? Or, um, Yeah, and it's, it's nothing too, too exciting. <laughs> um, okay. But it was from Down East Cider Company, but it wasn't a cider. It was a seltzer that I put on called, uh, it was like Blue Raz Smoothie, but it was just a blue seltzer that my staff fell in love with, so it went so quick. They sold it to every table. Um, well, you know, there's also a thing, you walk in, you're sitting down, you're having some wings, and you see some super blue drink come by, you're going to, I would even ask, what is that? What's yeah. going on here? There are certain things that are definitely eye grabbers. Yeah, that required a line cleaning right afterwards. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, I know Dave was looking at some of the beers that you had recently. Uh, you had an uh, NJCB uh, day here, but before that you had some beers that were kind of eye grabbing. I mean, vintage founders. Yeah. You know, good old CBS. Mm-hmm. Definitely had some older bourbon counties on tap. You know, yeah. How, how were those received? I mean, um, especially since they were more like the stouts, the darker beers. I mean, 
they're always fun. So it kind of also ties into the whole New Year's Day thing. So New Year's Day, a lot of people usually put on big stouts. So I usually try to hide one over the years and then, you know, just tap it on that day. So that's where the old CBS came from. Um, I had the 2018 Goose Island that had been lingering for a bit. Um, so those, those just kind of come up from that. Now, you also had main dinner on, and, you know, not that many years ago, that was like a huge whale. You could only literally get it if you went to Maine Brewing Company and bought a dinner ticket, where which came with. Like, that bottle would come with it. Uh, now, you know, it's, it's popped up a few places, and you had it here. How was that received? Because um, you were telling me before that you didn't even really advertise it, but word gets out on these things. Yeah, I put it on very quietly, just kind of silently put it on just to, you know, just to put it on because more so than not, I just wanted to drink it. I wanted a little pour of it. Um, so we put it on, and once people started seeing that we had it on untapped, started getting a little traction pretty quickly. Um, unfortunately, I did have to take it off for the NJCB night, which upset a few people. Um <laughs> I told them all it would be back the very next day. As soon as, you know, something kicked, I would put it right back on. And I did, and it was on tap for about five hours. And wow. it was gone. It was quick. But again, bringing, I don't want to say whale status beers. I mean, you remember back in the good old days where you'd have to camp out at Tired Hands and put chairs down. or sure. you know, yeah. Five-hour lines outside, other half waiting for releases. Now, I mean, you have the taps here. It's, it's very crazy, and if you told me that I would have my pick of what I want to put on from other half, you know, four or five years ago, I would tell you you're crazy. The first keg that I got here was just like, like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, I have a keg of other half. <laughs> and it was Green City, and it's a great beer. It's not like one of their, like, whales or anything like that, but it's a really good beer. And just to get that on draft, I was like... Oh my God! I'm sure, people had to have gone, people had to have gone crazy when you brought it in. Also, I would think right? they I mean, did. They did. We made a huge deal of it. You know, put that on tap, and then we got. We, I think we had cans before that. Like we were always able to get cans, but getting it on draft was a big deal. And then getting an official other half tap handle is like, oh my God! Like look at us. Uh, now let's talk about the uh, NJCB night that you had here. There were a lot of local breweries on tap. It was an all-New Jersey tap list. Uh, what were some of your favorites that you had from that event? Um, I have a couple that stood out. One was uh, we put on a double IPA from Alternate Ending called Born to be Bad. Um, that one was really good. I feel like it's severely underrated on Untapped. Um, but that was one of the best IPAs that I had on during that night. Um, I also put on a Czech Pilsner from Twin Elephant that I was mentioning before um, called Krupavi 12, 12 degrees. Um, that was amazing, and that kicked really quickly. Really? Czech um, Pils? Well, I had, a, I had a lot of support from brewers and owners, and they, they yeah. love their lagers and pilsners, man, so it went quick. Um, and then the other big one that I put on that was really fun was I put in a... Cafe de Horchata from Carton, one of the, the new variant of regular coffee this year. And I think that's still on now, and it's really, really tasty. Nice. Can't go wrong with the coffees. And I remember, it, I don't think I've ever even had a cream ale before when I first started really getting into crafts. And I think, Dan, you were like, here, try this. And it was just a regular coffee, and it's like, 
this is ridiculously yeah, good. Yeah, and then it became a kind of New Year's tradition. For a couple mm-hmm. for a couple years, I would make a point of it to drive down New Year's morning. Absolutely. Get, get, get some pieces of uh, coffee and the irregular coffees. Yep. 100%, man. I remember my first regular coffee, too, and that, that was a life-changing experience. No doubt. Uh, so... You know, you mentioned um, alternate ending. You mentioned two ton. Uh, you had some beers uh, from some other uh, breweries that listen. Everybody knows. We mentioned Carton. Everybody knows Carton. Everybody knows Kane. Everybody knows Icarus Bolero. Some of the bigger craft uh, breweries in the area. I was happy to see that you had Coastal Brew Works on tap. Uh, my buddy Matt's been putting out some really good beers of late. Uh, but you mentioned alternate ending, two-ton. Uh, I know you had Ashton and Four City and Jersey Cyclone mm-hmm. uh, on draft. Um, so let's start there. Like, What are some of the local breweries that maybe the craft beer nerd out there listening might not be that familiar with that you really like? So, I mean, well, you just mentioned quite a few of them right yeah. there. <laughs> but but uh, alternate ending is one that I love that spot. Like, They make great beer, and they also have really good food. Yes. It's just a cool place to hang out and drink. Um, Twin Elephant, I wouldn't say they're really under the radar anymore, but if you're not from this immediate area, maybe maybe they're a little under the radar, but they make amazing stuff, ranging from like their little pilsners to their biggest stouts are all great. Um, and Wild Air. Um, they're relatively new to the area. I hit them up uh, a couple weeks after they opened, and it was there's nothing, su- nothing bad good. on time. Right. Like, it, I went there when they were pretty first opening, and I think they had, like, for being, like, the first week or two they were mm-hmm. open, I think they had, like, 13 or 15, you know, things on tap, which is a lot. Right, and especially for a, a brew that's first opening up, and, and for them to be able to have that much on tap, you figure, okay, they're probably going to hit on maybe one or two of these, and the other ones are going to be meh until they get going, but... Literally every single beer was like, wow, I'd definitely drink this again. This is Dude, good. I agree 100%. Like, everything I drank that day was great. Um, and I don't want to say, like, I guess it's a little refreshing, too. They only had one IPA on draft. <laughs> yeah. One. Everything else was a lager, Pilsner, dark lager. Their sour, like, barrel-aged saisons are mm-hmm. amazing. Um, they're they're really cool spot. It, it, they, they make some good stuff. And we've had a few of them on tap here. That's really cool that you've had st- stuff on tap from them. Uh, I think it's definitely, uh, you know, there's a lot of good new breweries out there. If you're going down the Jersey Shore, it's one. I think it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. It's, it's cool vibe inside there, too. It's right. Asbury. There's a lot to do there, too. You know, if you want to dupe your girlfriend or wife into taking a trip to Asbury and be like, oh, there's a brewery here. I didn't know. Uh, you know, it's a good spot to do that. Absolutely. Um, only, Dan, I know you threw it out there just as brews you have on definitely got to give a shout out to jersey cyclone too because uh they are definitely an under the radar brewery i think they are um, and the owner jan he's in here pretty regularly that's the other thing though like the people that own these like little local breweries they're all like great people you know so it's it's easier to take their beer in and you know give them a shot when they're like really cool people definitely their uncharted waters uh beers are I currently have one on draft right now. Well, there we go. I guess we're going to have to be getting into one of those soon. So. Uh, yeah, so Dave, let's talk a little bit about this because we're in kind of different parts of the state as well. Um, we'll, we'll get into some of the releases Conclave had this week, but, um, you know, out there, I, that's one of my favorite spots. Let's, Conclave let's, is pro- top three favorite breweries in New Jersey, maybe even top two if we're going to... What know. other places out by you? Now, you're out in Branchburg. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, 
for me to get to you is like 45 minutes. Right. What other places around you should, do you recommend to people? Well, again, Jersey Cyclone, definitely need to hit them up. Um, Reddington Hop Farm just opened up within the past year. That's maybe a five-minute drive from my house. And I have not been there, but that looks like... They're, it's basically just like a barn atmosphere. Um, the inside is... It's not like the dungy no, uh, no, no, Jersey no, no, no. breweries you might no. expect, right? I mean, like they, the, they, the they, they literally have goats walking around in their in their field out back, so that's okay. It's it's definitely a cool spot. Cool. Um, all right. So you mentioned uh, Keith. You mentioned other half. You mentioned Tired Hands. Uh, you have more Talus uh, on the menu in, in cans, just like crazy to me. Yeah. Um, we just drank some Triple Crossing. You know how is it like? How do you how do you balance all that, right? Getting these amazing breweries from around the country, some of the top craft breweries in the country, and balancing it out with some of the stuff here in the state, um, and like having a tap. Like if you put on all other half and that was it, everybody would be happy, right? But would they? But know? I don't know, right? It might so, get old, right? I don't know. I don't so, know. Like I was saying before, though. So for everyone that comes to the bar that's looking for other half, looking for equilibrium, looking for those big name IPAs, I do have a lot of people that are just in here just to hang out with their family and drink just a little pilsner or something that's really easy drinking. I don't know how many times a day I get asked, "Hey, do you have Blue Moon?" No, I don't. But I have this or this. Hey, give this a shot. So. It, it is a balance, and like I said before, I try my best to keep my beer list as balanced as possible. Now, I got a question for you. You say, you know, someone comes in just asking for a regular Blue Moon, or, you know, we're going to come in and have a Coors Light or whatnot. Has anybody ever asked you for suggestions if they really aren't a craft beer drinker, they want to get into something? Absolutely, yeah. I, now, I guess it's a two-part question. Have you ever given something out and they're like, wow, I can't believe, you know, this is fantastic. I can't believe I've never tried it before. Uh, also, have you ever given something to somebody and they take a sip and it's like, no, I'm not not doing this? Uh, yes and yes. Um, <laughs> which which is mo- more of which one? Um, mostly the first. Most most of the time, it's uh, I'll turn somebody on to something that they've never had before. Um, prime example: this one guy comes to the bar all the time, just by himself, late night, just hanging out. All he drinks, all he wants, is a West Coast IPA. He wants like. Like uh, I'm trying to think, remember, like like Alpine, sure, um, mm-hmm. like Green Flash, like that's what he's looking for. He's look, he's like the old school West Coast IPA guy, and that's it. That style's coming back. That style, it is. Like seems like it is. Yeah. It is, and I have one on currently, actually. Um, but I've turned that guy onto the complete other side of the country, and he's all about the hazies now. Like, nice. like he's you know equilibrium. Like he's looking you know for. But he, he, he'll, it's cool. It's cool. Like, I just got in Hetty Topper, which is one of those, like, classics. Like, I know, like... That was a major whale back in the day, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean humongous, right. humongous whale. Yeah, yeah. Hetty and Focal, the yeah. both yeah. of them were... Yeah. Focal and was impossible. Right. It was like somebody had to break the law, basically, for you to get a Focal back in the day. So I ended up getting two cases of Hetty Topper, one case of Focal Banger, like, maybe, like, a month and a half ago or so. And that guy's like, this is the best beer I've ever had in my life. Like, he, it, like that beer to us probably seven, eight years ago happened to him like two weeks ago. <laughs> and it was really cool to see that. Now, again, now, how about on the opposite end of the spectrum, 
can you give me one one <coughs> instance where you were like, here, why don't you try this? And you know, it's like one of those you see in like the cartoons yeah. or whatever, and it comes flying out of their mouth. They can't finish it. <laughs> it, it wasn't that dramatic, but uh, but you know, you have people that are just very very set in their ways. Like I had one guy in here that said like, if you didn't give me this bottle of Miller Lite, I was just gonna up and leave because that's the only thing I drink. I was like, well, why don't you try this? And I gave, I don't remember what it was, but I gave him just a little Pilsner that I had on draft. He's like, no, this sucks. This is terrible. Wow. All right, man, I tried. Yeah, hey. I don't know what else I can do for you. Have, Have you your Miller Lite. Enjoy. Have you seen any complete conversions from that guy? Like the Miller Lite, you know, Miller Bud Coors guy who has gradually turned into, like, I want to try every single thing that you have on this menu? Um... Honestly, no. Okay. <laughs> um, not here. I've seen it with my friends, mm-hmm. um, but that's with like you know pretty much a daily pushing from me and my other friends that are into it. But not not in not in the business side. I haven't seen that full on transformation. Most of the people come here are here for the beer or here for the food, and they kind of know what they want and they're willing to experiment a little bit. But if they're only here one time, it's it's tough to make that conversion in a day. So we're going to talk about food uh, in a second because it's wafting over. (laughs) We have food and it's wafting to my nose. Uh, But let's talk about that because I'm always curious. You have great food here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have great beer here. What's the breakdown between like the untapped craft beer nerd that is checking in every beer as soon as they drink it? to the casual person who comes in and is like, oh, that sounds interesting. I've never heard of this craft brewery that, you know, any craft beer nerd would know, to the Miller-like guy or families that don't even want beer because you have cocktails here and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, being on this podcast, it's probably a little bit more unbalanced than you think. Okay. Um, <laughs> we have, I would say, probably a 70-30 split. I'd say 70% of the people are just here to hang out, have fun, eat whatever, and, and drink whatever. Um, but there is that 30% that's definitely dedicated, and they know what they want. And they've already looked at Untapped before they walked in the door, and they, right. they, they have their whole like day plotted out. Um, <laughs> i got to admit, I used to do that. You know, yeah. we, I still bef- do. Bef- before we I would come do. here, you know, the final decision would be, all right, let's see if there's anything new on tap. And then you're looking, and it's like, all right, come on, get the keys, let's yeah. go, we're going. <laughs> right. I, I still do that with, uh, with our dinner choices today. My, my, my dinner plans are usually based around what the tap list is. Sure, sure. So, with Super Bowl coming up, wings obviously is always a big thing during Super Bowl. I, mean, it, I still find it a crazy stat. Uh, 1.42 billion wings are consumed on Super Bowl Sunday every year, on average. Uh, I'm going to say you guys probably are known best food-wise for your wings. Yes. Let's talk about them. Um, our, our wings, yeah, they're... Dave, bring that plate over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, our wings are definitely one of the things we're known for. Um, we've been pretty consistently ranked in the top spots in New Jersey for our wings. Um, <clears throat> we go through a lot of wings, especially on Super Bowl. I think last year we went through, like, close to 1,500 pounds of them. Oh, my God. Wow. And that's, like... 95% just like pre-ordered like ahead of time like people are already putting orders in for Super Bowl wings like now oh so people <laughs> pre-order we have a whole like Excel spreadsheet oh them. so you can take you can take out wings over I mean you can do that much absolutely alright yeah it's it's a huge thing we go through a lot of wings that day 
like to the point where we have to like like I, it's hard for listeners to visualize this but that entire wall of tables over there is just like our to-go station wow it's it's a monster on that day um, so you brought out uh some of the wings here uh you have traditional buffalo you have seven dust and voodoo these two are, are my favorites the seven dust and voodoo um and and you said you're constantly on lists i'll bring up one of them in 2022 nj.com named paragon as one of the 50 best places in the state for wings um what's your favorite i mean these are only three of the many um wing choices you have so my favorite is one that's on the plate right now is the voodoo it's a mix of sriracha teriyaki and honey so it's kind of like a spicy teriyaki. Um, that one is always my go-to. That's my favorite one. Our buffalo you can't go wrong with. And whiskey chipotle is a really fun one, too. All of, those, all of the sauces are made in-house, too. They're all, like, homemade sauces. What's the hottest? Um, so we, we have ghost pepper seasoning. Um, it's not on the menu anymore because so many people sent them back because they couldn't eat them. Um, so we took them off the menu. It's one of those like hidden items. Gotcha. <laughs> on the McDonald's so, menu, you know what I mean? I'll give you. I'll give you a funny one. Before, obviously, way before you started, we're talking maybe five, six years ago. I don't know if you guys still do, but you used to have the hot wing challenges. So, me and Dan signed up. Came out. We can handle our heat. We can definitely <laughs> handle our heat. Table was set up, so we were at the far end of the table. So, come out. It was probably maybe about eight of us. So everybody's wings come out, and we were the last two online. They were two plates short on bringing out wings. So now, everybody else's is temperature-wise starting to cool off. So as soon as ours comes out, ours are piping hot coming out from from the kitchen. And without maybe five seconds of them sitting on a table like, okay, one, two, three, go! And now me and him are looking at each other. And it wasn't even that the, the heat was bothering us, but the, the temperature and... Yeah, we we both feel like we got robbed a little bit there, but uh, we'll have to redo that. We might have to. If you yeah. do another wing competition here, yeah. we want to be a part of it. We want to be in the front of the line, though, not the back, I'll just keep in you case. Posted. We right. haven't we haven't done one of those since I've worked here, but uh, it's it's definitely not out of that question. I can I know a guy. Good. <laughs> we'll have to rekindle that flame. <laughs> All right. So speaking of sports, uh, Super Bowl. Well, let's talk about Super Bowl, right? Um, you have all these people that are going to come in here and take food to go. What's the atmosphere like of people coming um, here to, to watch the game? Because I feel like Super Bowl has uh, changed over time. Yeah. It's where a, a lot more people are staying home for it. Is, it is definitely more of a house party day. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to just take wings, take pizza, you know, whatever kind of food you're going to have. You're sitting it up on a buffet table in your kitchen or living room. Um, we're usually pretty quiet on Super Bowl, um, okay. aside from the to-go. We're getting hammered with to-go's, but sure. everything else, the dining room itself, is usually pretty quiet. Um, you know, so we're we're not a sports bar, so to say. We can be, and I mean, we we we've well, turned you, into one here and there. But. Well, the one the one cool thing that I was just loved that you guys did was once March Madness was come around, you guys would have your March Madness uh, New Jersey beer bracket. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's coming around again soon too. Um, it's always probably the most stressful time for me because I, ha- I have to figure out who is going into it, and it's only sixteen, and it's really tough to narrow down sixteen breweries in, sure, I can in New Jersey. Right. So it's really, really hard to balance. It's like I'm people- assuming you don't 
have the list yet for I this year? I do not, dude. I haven't even really began to think about it. So, um, do you, I mean, what is the thought process behind who's who's making the top 16 to get into your... I, I wish I knew. Um, part, part of it is, uh, I, I guess, a little bit of, like, loyalty. Like, who who's in here the most? Who's showing us the most support? So I, I try to take care of those people, and I'll put them in the competition. I do try to keep it to, again, those hyper-local places. Sure. You know, the places that are really, really close. That if someone's coming in here for the first time, like, wow, this is really good. Where are these guys from? Kenilworth. You know, right, right, you got right up the parkway. Wet ticket is maybe 10 minutes down the road in Rawway. And yeah, so I'll always try to keep it to some really, really local. I try not to do anything from too, too far away. That way, if especially because it's also tough. Like One of the perks that goes along with winning that competition is I'll try to give you a standing line for six months. Oh, wow. So that's, it's, that's so it's tough for some of like the further breweries that don't deliver up here regularly. It's sometimes tough of a commitment for them to get us kegs all the time like sure. that. So as much as I'd love to put in someone, you know, that I really like, if you can't supply me with a, a constant stream, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but you're the one that's losing out. Like, I'd rather have you on for that whole six months. Sure, sure. With that, with that bracket... Just off the top of your head, what was the biggest surprise matchup wise? What was um, one of the bigger surprises that you ever saw? Ashton Brewing took out Twin Elephant. Wow. That was uh, last year, two years that ago, was I believe? Year. Okay. That was last year. Um, I will say, and this is not, it's not frowned upon, it's not out of the rules, but if, uh, if you want to come and support your own beer, you're welcome to, and there's nothing I can do about it. So, and so the competition, um, let's, let's talk about the parameters of the competition. It's basically six stole, whoever kicks yeah, it first, right? Yeah, so the morning that the competition starts, I will go downstairs and tap all 16 kegs all at the exact same time. I run them the exact same way to get the beer line flowing so that literally everyone is exactly the same point in their keg. Everything is a six stole. Everything gets poured into a 16-ounce pint glass, although this year I might switch it to 12 ounces. But either way, it's an equal pour size and an equal price point. And I will always, at least in the first round, I'll put a Pilsner versus Pilsner, IPA versus IPA, Sour versus Sour, so that there's no... Nobody's like, doing stouts on this, are they? Because that's going to take a lot longer <laughs> to kick, I would think. It's also tougher. I tell everyone <laughs> that I have to be able to pour this in a 16-ounce pour. Gotcha. So it's got to be... I would prefer everything to be under 8%. Gotcha. Um, so, no, no one's bringing in, like, some heavy-hitting <laughs> stouts on, on that first round. Um, in the second round and third round, I kind of leave it up to them. If they want to put that on, hey, it's up to you, man. I'll let you know that, you know, your stout is going to take longer to move than this Pilsner is going to fly out of here. But, you know, at that point, it's up to them, whatever they want to put on. All right, so, listen, we talked about we talked about the food a little bit. We're going to eat some food in a second. Uh, but uh, we talked about the beer. I know you have some events here. Uh, for somebody who has never been here before and is hearing all this, what haven't we talked about that is important for them to know as to why they should come here? Well, other than the food and beer, which are two pretty strong points to come here as is. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. <laughs> um, I think Dave can uh, attest to this, that it's a, it's a great place for a first date. 100%. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, hopefully if anybody does show up on their first date here, I mean, you have as good a success as I have. But yeah, worked out for you. Um, How many? Do you see that a lot? Yeah, we do actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I saw one of my other friends came here on a first date, like, and I knew it. I was like, okay, 
you could always tell when someone's yeah. on a first date. Yeah. The body language is. The body know. language. You always look for like the, the awkward silence at a table where you know you don't want to take out your phone and look at it, but you're kind of you know just looking around the room mm-hmm. and you see that they're not really talking, looking around. Dude, with the QR codes, it's so so easy to do that. It's like, oh, I'm just looking at the menu. Ah, you're, that's you're not, smart. You're not looking at the menu. <laughs> smart. Um, but other than that, we have. We, we usually do trivia once a week, um, sometimes yeah. a little bit more. In the summer, it might ramp up a little bit more. So we have trivia nights. We have live music on the weekends. Um, usually Saturday nights would do that. Um, we have a few beer events throughout the year, whether it's an NJCB night or we'll do like a little tap takeover or a collaborative tap takeover where we'll grab a few breweries and put a couple things on from each one of them. Um, we always try to do a special menu for holidays. I mean, even like... like Easter, St. Patrick's Day, you know, things like that. We'll throw a special menu out just for the day. So Chef Juan always tries to keep things, you know, fun and, and fresh back there. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes we'll do like a, a wine dinner, whiskey dinner. Those are always kind of fun. Those are definitely a make a reservation. Don't just show up sure, to it. Sure. But, <laughs> but, the, but, the, but they're fun. They're, they're good times. Great. Great. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us uh, in the break. Dave and I are going to eat a little bit. We're going to drink a little bit. We're going to come back. We're going to tell all you guys about all the exciting local releases, national releases. All that's coming up right after this. And we are back. Season 3, Episode 2, America the Brutiful. Still here at Paragon. Uh, Dave and I have had uh, quite a bit of wings now at this point. Getting full. Uh, um, we'll start with local releases, uh, but first, before we do that, we're going to crack uh, another beer here. And this is Holy Ghost from Parish. And I figured this one would be a good one to pop. It's a beautiful sound, by the way, it right is. In that microphone. It is. It's, it is a great sound. It's one of my favorite sounds that there is. Um, and we're going to start with this one just because other half is doing what they call Freak Week. And they've done this the last few years. And basically what they do is they have collab breweries. A few of them have been announced already. Great Notion, Cloudwater, Trillium, Vale, Cellar Maker. Obviously, they've done a lot with Paris in the past. Um, and they borrow recipes from some of these breweries and kind of tweak them and try to replicate them, but in in other halfway. So at the time that we're recording right now, they have at least uh, talked about two of the Freak Week beers that they're doing. So, Dave, why don't you tell us about those? Right, so far, what they've announced, at least like you said, as far as today, V13 with Cloudwater. And we have Ooh with Cellar Maker. Um, looking forward to a Cellar Maker because it's loaded with my favorite hop, nothing but Citra. Citra, 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 and Citra, it sounds like. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, let's also talk about an event that's worth attending that's coming up. Uh, this is going to be at Marlowe, uh, Marlowe Artisan Ales in Nyack. For those of you who have yet to go, and, and I'm one of them, I have yet to go to Marlowe, uh, they are having an event on January 28th starting at 12 noon. They are going to be having, there's going to be a ton of timber beers there actually. Uh, the, uh, Barrel Age Morning Shakeout, Fallen Between the Lines, Pancakes by Campfire, and then once the shakeout kicks, they're going to replace it with BA Chasing Darkness White Wax. So <laughs> if you go to this thing, a lot, a lot, a lot of stouts. Also, our buddy Marcel's going to be there making some awesome barbecue. 
Marlowe also has some new beers, of course. Even now, still, that's a Helleslager, and I think I know a German Pilsner. Uh, speaking of timber, we have Borrowed Brilliance collab with Short Throw. That one spent 22 months in E.H. Taylor barrels, then was conditioned on Wild Thai bananas. The inspiration of that, I think you can guess it, Dave. Bananaversary. Ha-ha. Yes. Um, so, so that's really cool. That's their first lumber project offering of 2023. They also teased ahead to Maris and Chaos. Uh, what's that going to be? I have no idea, but they did tease ahead to it. Uh, and then also the Seed teased ahead to their next iteration of their continual stout project with Timber. Now here's what I'm excited about going back. Brick City and Twin, Twin Elephant, doing their own Freak Week versions of a couple different beers. Right, so they're doing Doppel Bangers, Little Shimmy Yay. It's a collab with Twin. And it yes, it's exactly like Freak Week, right? That's what... Yeah. Yeah. It's their take on Twin Elephant's Pale Ale. It's 5.8% double dry hop with Citra, Mosaic, and Belma. They also have uh, something coming up, uh, an event coming up. Uh, something I did uh, maybe about five minutes into New Year's Day was uh, <laughs> Break Your Resolutions Party. There you go. Uh, Friday, January 27th. Tell us what uh, what they're going to have for that because they got a lot of cool stuff going. Well, Patient Imperial Stouts. We got Banana Split Open Melt. Their 7th anniversary stout, Fancy Affair. And they're going to have some vintage stouts. They also have, and I don't, I'm curious to know more about this, donut garnishes. I guess they're going to have donuts there? I would hope so. I mean, who doesn't love donuts? Yeah, so and you can... Donuts and stouts go, like, hand in hand. So Now, let's talk about some of the uh, movies that they're going to have streaming on their projector. Because if you're talking about breaking resolutions, they're about as uh, good as can be. Well, I guess, and especially with the first movie, if we're talking about donuts, uh, Fat Boys is going to be the first one. So, <laughs> one of, Also one of the best uh, rap groups of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nutty Professor. Heavyweights. Shallow Hal. I don't know Heavyweights. Should I know Heavyweights? I don't know if I've ever seen Heavyweights. I, I definitely have seen Nutty Professor, though. Yes, uh, and they also are going to have a new adjuncted up cask uh, there and then they also teased ahead to a collab with a lost tavern we'll talk more about that when we get to national releases but you're listening to this it's football season uh, Dave, Dave is wearing his 49ers damn uh, right Niners <laughs> Nation let's go he's wearing his 49ers hoodie I'm a Giants fan they're still alive uh, District 96 had a beer related beer tell us about that Bills Beers Mafia, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but quick shout out to anybody that's a Bills fan. You guys are the nuttiest and maybe, outside of Niners fans, maybe the most passionate fan base in all of the NFL. I mean, you guys are awesome. Jumps at the tables or whatnot. So if you're going to jump into a table, make sure you have one of these beers in your hand. Beers Mafia, District 96. Uh, Magnify also has a beer-related, uh, I'm sorry, a football-related beer. It's called All Out Blitz. It's an 8% double dry-hopped Imperial IPA hopped with Rawaka, Citra, and Vic Secret. And also with this one, they have like a cool football-themed glass with this release. We're going back to the old-school retro Blitz football games. They do, so yeah. Anybody that has those old-school machines and actually still work, going to have to drink one of these playing it, I guess. That probably worth some money, though, too. I would think. All right, uh, let's talk about Conclave, because that's, that's probably... You know, you said one of your top favorite breweries near you. Uh, 
you know, I think maybe the last time I saw you was at Conclave. So yeah, let's talk, let's talk about what Conclave has. Well, did a collab with Kane again? One of my other favorite breweries, but I mean, obviously Kane's going to be anybody one of you know up top as far sure, as New Jersey sure. Fair breweries go. Uh, G Box, and when I had it, it's basically you split gravitational waves and sneak box right down the middle. I mean, it's a perfect cuvee of both, and it was pretty damn delicious. Yeah, I, I need to try that one. They also uh, recently uh, uh, announced another beer that they have canned. It's called Lilting Grace, 8% double IPA with Cashmere, Vic Secret, and Enigma hops. We met, We talked about Troon in the beginning. Let's talk about some of the stuff that, uh, well, they just released, right? Even after the Horus collab, Brick Farm was closed. A lot of people thought maybe they're not going to have another release for a while. You were wrong if you thought that. These Silent Woods, 8.6% hoppy ale, but I mean, I guess any IPA they make is always going to be classified as a hoppy ale, right? Yeah, so. they, you know, that's one thing that they do that every other place likes to tell us what hops they use, kind of uh, some of the process involved. Uh, Troon did a little bit of that in the beginning, but now it's just like, boom, like this is a beer, we're going to call it, a, it's an IPA, we're going to call it Hoppy Ale. Oh, they also came out with glassware today, so if any of you guys are willing to spend like 200 bucks on a secondary market for a glass, I mean, here's your opportunity. Uh, let's talk Tin Barn. Uh, they have two new beers, uh, Mag- Mango Lassi. It's a heavily fruited milkshake IPA. That's actually the first of their style um, that they've done at Tin Barn. And we'll talk more about them because they did a collab with a brewery that, uh, you know, we were just talking about during the break, but we'll get to that. They also did a hard seltzer called Apple Concord Grape Hard Seltzer. Guess what? That's what it tastes like. It's like a children's juice box filled with apples and grapes. Got Root and Branch put out a bunch of stuff again i mean they just finally right i mean and finally they have their own place now where they can put out their own stuff and we can actually go there and drink it you know i still have yet to go i haven't either but it's on my list it's when i can finally break free it's on my list uh exploration of the collective memory a west coast ipa uh i'm always going to be partial to my east coast stuff but westies are coming back man and that's a collab with sand city so two of the bigger long island breweries uh, they did Historical Society Oak Smoked Porter. So that Historical Society is where they take old school beer styles that maybe aren't so popular anymore and they redo them. That one's a Baltic Porter brewed with a touch of smoked malt, fermented cold and stainless, and lagered for two months. Medium raw. Triple IPA, which is, again, loaded with Citra, Motika, Sub-Zero Hops. And Infiltrator, multi-oat, wheat, IPA brewed and dry hopped entirely with Nelson hops. We talked about alternate ending before. Uh, they came out with a 2.6% chamomile table lager called, and I might botch the name of this, Pi May. Uh, I would want Pi Mai if I had to guess. Maybe, maybe it is. It's got to be one or the other. It's one of the two. But 2.6% chamomile lager, like I don't know. That kind of that kind of sounds cool. Two point six percent. You can definitely get through the whole bottle without uh, without any issues. <laughs> yeah. I would think. Uh, Hackensack Brewing's got their fourth anniversary party coming up Saturday, February eleventh, from two until ten p.m. They're going to have a barrel aged bottle release with that limited edition merch and live music. Evil Twin 
They've made a ton of these kind of soda-inspired beers. Now they made a soda-inspired seltzer uh, called Dr. Jepper. I think you can probably figure out what soda is in that um, without them getting sued. Uh, Drownlands has a bunch of stuff coming out also. Soil and Citra, double IPA, double dry hop with 100% my favorite hop. I don't know if I mentioned that yet anywhere over the course of this podcast. (laughs) Citra hops. They also did Lush Shield, an IPA with Citra, Zaka, and Simcoe. Then they double dry hopped it again with those same suspects. Uh, Willow, 8.1, fodder fermented double IPA uh, with Citra and Cascade. Then double dry hop with Cashmere and Citra. Uh, Gear Block, uh, they did their version of Brew Jersey. Have you had any Brew Jerseys yet, just out of curiosity? I have not had any Brew Jersey. Uh, I've had two. Okay, which ones did you have? I've had Icarus and Brick City. And uh, what did you think of them? Both great. Uh, okay. it, for, it's a great cause, obviously. Did um, they taste similar? I know it's, you know, everybody goes by the same general recipe, but can then kind of fix with it. Yes and no. Um not going to give give away which one I, I favored one a little bit more than the other but it general vicinity they were they both i definitely drink them again that's why i bought a four pack of both and cool and supporting the cause exactly so that's, that's that's important important cause let's talk about jersey cyclone that's another brewery near you uh they came out with some cool stuff uh barrel age thunder in the distance barrel age barley wine 12 percent and it rested in 18 months in buffalo trace bourbon barrels really interesting because i don't I don't. Th- I've never had a barley wine from them. Um, you know, barley wines are kind of backing in and cool. So curious to try that one. But they also did a maple lager called Maple Lodge. And we got Ober Creek, cans of Double Obsession, Passports, and Forty Two. That the, all those are available right now if you go to Ober Creek, as well as four different farmhouse bottles. All right, we're going to get into national releases. Um, but when we do that, let's let's crack another beer here, let's do and it. Um, we're going to crack this one because it's one of the biggest releases of the week, and and maybe we'll start there. I was going to start with uh, with another with another idea, but we'll start here since I have this beer. So this is uh, the beer we're about to have is from Revolution, and it's VSO Dark Mode. It's an Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. It's from their Deep Wood series. Now, why are we cracking this one? That's the question, right? We are cracking this one because of the fact that they had two huge, huge releases this week. Gave you goosebumps with these two? or A little bit. Uh, I could see them. It's a little more uh, than a little bit. So. Oh, well, that's, you're looking at the wrong side. <laughs> um so I'll start with the first one, and then we'll talk about the one that's kind of getting everybody's attention. But they uh, did Boss Ryeway. It's a rye wine that was aged 15 months in Whistle Pig, the Boss, Hog 8, Lapu Lapu Pacific Barrels. Of course, all of you guys know what that is. I don't, but I'll <laughs> tell you what it is. Uh, they're crafted French oak casks that originally were used single island Philippine rum before finishing on one of the most sought-after rye whiskeys in the world. So that rye wine was in that for 15 months. I'd, I'd almost feel bad introducing their other release, so I'm going to let you do it. You let into it. So. All right, sure, sure. So double, va- double barrel VSOJ, double barrel very special old jacket. It's a cuvee of barrel-aged English barley wines aged between, check this out, one and three years before blending and rebarreling in Templeton rye barrels 
for an additional 18 months. Now, I am very curious uh, to see how much these are going to go on secondary. I haven't seen them on secondary yet, but this release uh, was done online. You get two cans per person, and, uh, you know, like when the original VSOJ came out, single cans of that were going between $50 and $100. So I'm curious to see what the double-barrel version of a 12-ounce can will be going for, you know, once it hits secondary. Because this is going to be one of the best barley wines of the year, no doubt. It sounds that way. It sounds that way. All right, we got the answer. That's right. And, uh, you know, Keith here from Paragon, he brought his laptop. I noticed an answer uh, sticker on it. So let's talk about them because they did a collab with uh, a brewery close to us. Tin Barn. DJ Razzy Rich. And I'm always going to be partial to DJ Jazzy Jeff, but DJ (laughs) Razzy Rich. Black Ninja and Haze Boys. Yep, it's a col- got the other collabs in there. Triple collab, fruited sour, conditioned on raspberry, strawberry, and blood orange. They also I- did when I heard the learned astronomer, eight percent hazy double IPA, dry hop with Nelson Sauvine, uh, Citra, and Rawaka. Uh, just over the border from me, maybe about a twenty-minute, half-hour drive. Lost Tavern. Lost Tavern's great, by the way. I love Lost Tavern. Yeah, it's love like it. super. It's a super fun place to go to. The beers are all good. The taco truck outside. Uh, they, I've, I, the last time I went there, what they had was a, a poutine truck. Oh, all right. Yeah. I missed out then. <laughs> you know, but I they, love my poutine. So. But they do have a lot of different food trucks there. Yes. Well, they did, uh, they did a collab with somebody we've mentioned quite a bit so far today, Twin Elephant. Two collabs. We talk about practice, man. <laughs> Got to throw the Iverson reference you, in there. You have but, to, yeah. 8.2 double IPA. Cashmere, Citra, Eldorado, and Skyrocket. I have, I've never heard of Skyrocket. I've before. never heard of Skyrocket hops either, so I'd be intrigued to try it just for that reason alone. The other collab that they did with Twin Elephant was called If Time Is Money. It's a 9% Baltic porter. It's got notes of caramel, toffee, and subtle roasted cocoa nibs. All right, let's go, let's go all the way west. Let's go all the way southwest to North Park. Um, their Macaroons Before Dying series uh, came out. Well, their Before Dying series came out, the Macaroons version. It's an Imperial Stout aged in Elijah Craig bourbon barrels for 24 months and conditioned on desiccated, shredded, and toasted coconut, Madagascar vanilla, and espresso beans. I'd love to get my hand on that. That just sounds like... It's going to be insanely, insanely good. They also released a bunch of IPAs, so let's talk about those because, you know, I think maybe six to six months to a year ago, when anybody talked about North Park, you just thought about their dark beers. Now their IPAs are getting as much attention as they are. Inversion of time. Triple dry hop. Citra. Motika. Sub-Zero. There's Sub-Zero again. Yep. Uh, Freestyle Nelson Sauvin. Nectaron and Rewaka. They no. al- they also did the Coast with the Most, Double Dry Hopped West Coast IPA, Hitcha with Citra, West Coast Lager, and Secret Secret Secrets, Triple Dry Hopped Hazy Double IPA. Uh, Mortalis and I mean for me anytime anytime I think of Mortalis I'm always going stouts. 
I know they have some great sours or whatever, but I'm always going stouts. I'm uh, with you on that. Yeah. Barrel age critical hit. Brewed with corporate ladder. I know that's. that's well, I know that's my, one of Tom's favorites. I mean, yeah, it's one of mine too. Uh, aged the beer in 16-month-old Rip Van Winkle bottles, with coconut, cocoa nib, and granola. All and, right. And yeah, I mean that I sounds just, like it's going to be pretty damn good. Uh, imprint. Uh, so here's the deal. So last year for Imprint, they did the Too Hot for Graham event. Uh, I was there for that event. This year, that event's going to be held on March 25th. Um, some of the breweries attending, uh, two that we talked about uh, in the last episode, Deep Fried Beers and Abomination, but also a bunch, some of them that we've mentioned already today. We've mentioned Alternate Ending a bunch of times, Dream State, Human Robot, Dewey, Branch and Blade, Long Live, Tripping Animals, Vitamin C, and Voodoo. Nice. It's going to be a good time, and honestly, it's not that terrible of a drive from New Jersey going out to Imprint. Um, it's it's a really fun event, at least it was last year. Uh, Weldworks, uh, Media Noche Antique, William LaRue Weller version, uh, stout age for 24 months in William LaRue Weller Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And then they did a, another adjuncted Media Noche. Remember that time we tried to get that Media Noche bottle from... Uh... Yeah, the low... <laughs> One of our darker days. Yes. No pun intended with uh, Vale. But we'll talk about Vale in a little bit. But right. Yes. Uh, Celestial peanut butter. Two casts of Imperial Stout, aged for 21 months. In freshly emptied 10-year-old Forrester bourbon barrels. Then, so this is like a crazy blend, right? The blend was then aged for an additional six months in two freshly emptied peanut butter whiskey barrels. And then after combined 26 months of barrel aging, that was finished on a blended chopped peanuts and peanut flour. And we got Creature from the Chaconana Hazelnut Lagoon. Sounds like something I wouldn't mind drinking either. Yeah. 7.7% milk stout with chocolate, banana, and hazelnut. And that one is in cans. Maybe you'll see that one on Tavor or something like that. The bottles sometimes are a little tougher to get, but uh, the cans do get out there. Uh, Monkish... A few IPAs, Winter Monk, Double Dry Hop, Double IPA with Milk Sugar, Double Dry Hop solely with Citra Hops, Timeless Fuzz, Triple IPA with Rawaka, Strata, and Enigma, and Galactic Rhymes, Triple IPA showcasing Galaxy Hops. Uh, Fiden has a couple coming out. Self-Contained Pale Ale, 5.2% with Citra, Idaho 7, and Raku. Narration, 5.4, New Style West Coast. With Mosaic and Nelson. Vintage Memories, 8.4% double IPA with Motika, Citra, and Strata. Necessary Means with Simcoe Amarillo. I think that's pretty self explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great Notion, uh, Bourbon Barrel French Toasted, uh, French Toast 2022. That's a returning collab with Horace. This is batch three of that beer. It was aged uh, in Heaven Hill 12 year bourbon barrels for 34 months. And then after racking that beer from barrels, it was conditioned on Madagascar vanilla beans and another month before adding cinnamon and maple syrup. Uh, double dry hop vapor rings. Uh, one of those freak beers we were talking about earlier with other half. Yep, it's a Freaky, Freaky Friday. Friday. Yep. Uh, double dry hopped IPA with other half's recipe. I know. So that's pretty cool because they're doing, you know, we're talking about Freaky whatever, Freak Week at other half, and they're doing their own version of other half's beer. All the way out there, uh, you know, 
on the West Coast. Burial did Idol for None, Imperial Style with Maple Syrup, Vietnamese Cinnamon, Madagascar Vanilla Bean, and Maple Wood Smoked Sea Salt. Uh, before it all breaks, double IPA mashed with oats and cryo, fermented upon loads of pink guava, passion fruit, and blood orange. Double dry hopped with Strata, Vic Secret, and Eclipse. This one looks wild, too. If you uh, if you go on Burial's Instagram and take a look at this one, like it looks like something I want to try. It may it, not it, be great, agreed, but it no, looks like but it, 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 it's it, something you want to try. Uh, the Veil. Double barrel circle of wolves, English barley wine, aged in maple, apple brandy barrels for 14 months, then bourbon trace barrels for 29 months, it's one of the beers of their week of wolves for you, all you barley wine fans. Barley wine, it seems like a lot of barley wines are being released this week. It's, hey, it's, it's the right time of year, right? Agreed. You know, it's supposed to be cold. It's not cold here in Jersey yet, but it's supposed to be cold. I mean, sit back, warm up with them. Uh, Cerebral. Monsters of the Underworld. 13.1% Imperial Stout, aged 23 months in 13-year-old Old Forester bourbon barrels. And they also did Monsters of the Underworld with Cocoa and Hazelnut. Uh, this one, just like it sounded, like the other one, but conditioned on Filipino and Dominican Cocoa Nibs and Hazelnuts. Uh, Little Cottage Brewing, Island of Lost Souls, 12% Imperial Stout. Rested in a Four Roses barrel for 15 months. It was then conditioned on Cocoa Nibs, toasted coconut twice before being bottled. And I love coconuts. Probably one of my favorite adjuncts. So I think it's maybe the best adjunct for stouts. Agreed. Uh, they also did Barrel Age Escape from Planet Doom. This one was aged for 15 months in Four Roses barrels, then infused with peanuts and marshmallow. Sounds super awesome. Uh, Georgia finally, I don't want to say finally, but they have a good stout brewery out there. So if you're in Georgia, check them out. Uh, barreled Souls. Put a bird on. 13.8% stout aged Knob Creek barrels for 14 months and 20 days. Very specific, but... <laughs> it's, very, it's very specific. Uh, it tastes more like 18 days. Yeah, well, it all depends. Yeah. Uh, Three Sons Vintage Nectar 2020. It's a blend of bourbon barrel aged stouts, all filled in the year 2020. The average time the brew was in barrels is 32 months. Barrels were 12-year-old Heaven Hill and 17-year-old Fitzgerald barrels. Uh, Floodland announced the third beer of their upcoming January 2023 release. 2021-2022 Seekers After Light. This batch consists of aged mixed culture beer refermented on whole cluster 2021 pomaces. The beer rested on the pomace over fall, winter, and spring, and then was re-fermented in the summer of 2022 on next season's organic rival apricots and some organic apriums. Yes, apriums is another stone fruit. Then we have Voodoo Brewing, Two Live Grand Crew Greatest Hits Volume 7. Uh, blend of stouts aged in Weller, Woodford Wheat, and Four Roses Bourbon Barrels for 38-42 months seems like everybody wants to outdo each other with right. how many I mean, months it, in the barrel. If we had another barrel to announce, it'd probably be in like the 50-month range at this point. So, <laughs> And finally, let's talk about Country Club Brewing. We've talked a lot about them. I had the opportunity to go there recently. Really nice spot. It's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. They're putting out some good beers. If you're in that area, 
Um, you know, there's a lot of other little breweries to go to. Um, really worth the trip. They teased ahead to their first bottle. I'm going to 100% guess it's going to be a stout, uh, and I'm excited. So Wait, If it's if it's going to be a first bottle, it's got to be a stout, right? You would hope so. I would, I would hope and think so, yeah. You would hope so. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, this was uh, Season 3, Episode 2, America the Brutiful. And we recorded today from Paragon Tap and Table in Clark, New Jersey. I want to thank Dave uh, of Pan's Poor page on Instagram. Give him a follow. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, America, drink up and stay beautiful. It's getting to the point where I'm no fun anymore. I am sorry. Sometimes it hurts so badly I must cry out loud I am lonely I am yours, you are mine, you are what you are You make it hard To remember what we've said and done and felt about each other Don't let the past remind us of what we are not now I am not grieving I am yours, you are mine, you are what you are You make it hard Tearing yourself away from me now You are free And I am crying This does not mean I don't love you I do, that's forever Yes and for always I am yours, you are mine You are what you are you make it hard Something inside Is telling me that I've got your secret Are you still listening? Here is the lock And laughter the key to your heart And I love you I am yours, you are mine, you are what you are You make it hard, and you make it hard, and you make it hard, and you make it hard